Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Yo, welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat. And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet It's where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the modern the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building, right back in here. Super excited as always, be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I do every week, I love to start the show by thanking the listeners. Appreciate you guys being on the bar, checking with the bar, and uh, rocking the bar gear, man. And what I do every week is I bring in awesome guests. Um, those that are in inside the bar, you actually get to watch this live. This is a live uh, recording. If you like to be inside the bar, is is easy and as cheap as $5 a month. You can get exclusive content, live recordings of the podcast. And so today, bar listeners, my special guest is none other than my brother, Fred. How you doing today, sir? How are you doing, sir? Listen, I, I am doing like great. I am an awesome guest. And you, bring an awesome guest. <laughs> you are an awesome guest, good. man. Yeah, man. Look, I mean, it's funny, Fred, because we, we've been bumping into each other for quite a while, man. I finally got you on the show. You used to tease me about bringing you on the show, and now I got a good reason to have you on the show, man. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I only see you like a G3, mm-hmm. and I think you guys came out to... Uh, Came out the Grace Church last year. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's been a decade ago now. It does. Right? <laughs> it does. Yeah. But yeah, we we did the uh, Truth Matters conference. Yep. I remember that. Yep. By God, God's grace, you'll see me at uh, ShepCon, man. That's oh yeah, that'll be good. That's that's uh, that's on the radar. Be breaking all kinds of laws this year. Yeah, be awesome. man. <laughs> <laughs> look, we got to keep that on the hush, man. My wife ain't gonna let me go if she think I might get thrown <laughs> in jail or something. So, <laughs> so thankfully the. LAPD likes us and everything. There you go. So I think we'll be you good, go. you know. Good deal, man. So listen, man, I want you to kind of introduce yourself uh, to just my bar listeners, man. Anything you want to share, personal, professional, and then we just kind of get into uh, why we got you here. Okay. So my name is Fred Butler, and uh, I work at Grace to You Radio Ministries. This is a radio ministry of John MacArthur. I've been there for over 20 years, I started there part-time when I started seminary, and just through God's grace and direction, I was originally going to be a pastor. I was going to try to shoot for that, but the Lord led me to stay there, and I oversee the volunteer ministry. We have, well, and it hasn't been that way for this year, but generally we have about 100 volunteers or so that come uh, twice a week at our ministry, and they fill all the packaging of the people who want to get free offers from our ministry, like CDs or books or 
uh, things of that nature. And uh, those guys come in. Uh, I organize the mail. They package it for us. Hmm. Um, it's great. They're generally senior citizens. They've all been retired. And, um, you know, they're just, they've been longtime members at Grace and they just want to keep on serving. And I've had the opportunity to pastor them really since 2000. I took over that job full time. I'd been there part time before when I was going to school. But uh, yeah, I get to preach to them, get to do funerals, all that sort of thing. It's great. And uh, met my wife, Brenda, out here in California, and we got married and had five kids. Nice. And the oldest one is like a senior, which is kind of funny because I got this picture over here on my drawer on my desk over here on my dresser that's when I was holding him as a baby. <laughs> so it's kind of strange. That is funny. 200 pound kid now that's six foot taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my background right now. And uh, as much as California is all in the news for mm -hmm. the negative, uh, it is a blessing to be living here. I've enjoyed it. It's been a great time being uh, in the inside, I guess, to some degree of Grace to Use Ministry and John's uh, impact in the world and across the evangelical landscape. And uh, and then I get to go to great places like G3 and I get to meet people like you. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. No, I appreciate you sharing that, man. You know, you got five. I got four and you win. I'm not going to try to tie you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth one was kind of one of those uh, um, blessing babies. Accident yeah, babies. of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm, mm. I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. You uh -huh. are? Again? How'd that happen? You know? <laughs> right, right, right. And she's like the, you know, the apple of everybody's eye. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. The babies, yeah. man, they they, they mm -hmm. went out for sure, man. So listen, that I, I appreciate you walking us through kind of, uh, you know, how, you know, just your story, getting to California, um, mm -hmm. serving, you know, uh, at the school and then with the volunteer ministry. And and I, I, I wasn't planning on talking about that side, man, but I want to kind of dig into the volunteer ministry side of it and, and your role just a little bit more before we talk about your book man so um it, it i mean you you pretty much say that you're able to uh preach to and care for mm -hmm. and 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 kind of be a pastoral figure for these folks um how has that experience been you know uh usually when i'm talking to guys i'm talking about you know actual church or a plant but actually you know um we don't want to belittle any position in the church because we're all part of the body how right, has right. that experience been being that role for them as well as, you know, how it's appreciated by the rest of the ministry? Well, you know, I fell into that uh, sort of by, well, obviously it's God's decree, but um, I had, uh, my boss was retiring and I just sort of fell into that. I had no clue about really, um, you know, how I was going to deal with this ministry because there was like three people that were sort of doing all the background stuff. And those one guy left uh, the state to go take a church somewhere. And my main boss left to retire and I was left there. Oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I had to try. <laughs> so I had to on, on the, uh, on the uh, spot experience learning mm -hmm. uh, how to deal with these guys. Um, you know, the great thing about it is they're all, they're all senior saints. They want to serve. It's like having 60 grandparents in a way because <laughs> they love me and my family. They've right. watched all my kids grow up. And 
um, it has been really remarkable to just be able to, if, if, if I was going to pick a group of people to train on, mm-hmm. that would be the best ones. They're all seasoned mm. uh, for the most part. They're all uh, under John's ministry. There's a handful of them that were charter members of the Grace Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people are sort of like Titanic survivors. There's not very many of them left. <laughs> but um, the couple of them do attend our they do come out and volunteer all of them know john and watched him go through the years you know Mm -hmm. preaching so it's it's a it's i have that on my side sure but like what you're saying teaching uh, learning to preach to them i think when i graduated seminary i wasn't really sure where i was going to go or what i was going to do i wasn't seeing this position as being a long-term thing to do you Mm -hmm. know and um, but I was like, look, I'm going to spend my time training them or teaching them what I'm learning, what I'm passionate about, and they have just given me that opportunity. They've suffered through probably bad sermons and <laughs> <laughs> everything, but I would just teach a book or some topic, sure. uh, like the topic of my book is was stuff that I taught them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've taught through Calvinism and older creationism and uh, I'm trying apologetic methodology. Uh, the homosexual stuff, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of things that I just thought you're not going to get this necessarily at Grace, you know, on Sunday at Sunday school. So, right, I'll do something a little different. Okay. And, um, uh, well, the last time we met, we were just starting a series on the holiness of God, and I was going to kind of walk through Leviticus mm-hmm. and then sort of uh, go into just um, oh, uh, sort of dealing with the way J.C. Ryle. Does mm. holiness in his book, kind of the right. various points that he raises, and just teach some messages on that. And then COVID shut us all down. Uh, it's difficult COVID-19. having. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to use that button so much. And I, you, you gave me a reason to use it. <laughs> I had a bunch of. Uh, I, I had these guys uh, because they're elderly. They're not really required or not really um, allowed to come out and volunteer sure. like they're supposed to. And um, we've had to really hobble along. I think God has been gracious to our ministry. Uh, we've got now to where we've opened up our area. My room is a big room that can kind of be isolated. Mm-hmm. So we keep everyone kind of contained in that room when they're in the building and they have to wear their little masks, um, mm-hmm. but we don't really enforce that as much as we should. And then, um, you know, they do all the social distancing. So we've had like uh, them coming in in stages. Sure. So because I can't have everyone there at once, we've had to break up. Usually they only come in on two on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So we've had to uh, add some extra days. And uh, so I've pretty much, I think this is the first week I've not had volunteers in my building for like maybe three months. I oh, mean, wow. every day was a volunteer day because they've had to, come in shifts to do the work, you know? Right. Uh, but God's blessed us. We've been able to get things out and um, we're on top of our work and, uh, you know, That's awesome. uh, and it's been good. It's been nice to love those guys who do all this. <laughs> They're understanding and, sure. you know, no, that's amazing. And and I, I really appreciate you getting into that a little bit deeper. Um, cause that, that's awesome. I love, you know, the fact that you talk about, you know, what they hear necessarily in the, uh, sanctuary, and then you you also teach them something. You know, it's, I mean, it's not like you're going against scripture or anything, but it's more topical. You know, which, which yeah, I, it's different I, stuff that you're not going to hear. Exactly, I love um, that. 
I, I walked them through the book of Job once. Nice. Uh, there's not a whole lot of people doing sermons on the book of Job. I think nope. I did like maybe 30, 30 little devotional messages on Job and how to kind of look at the book and what it's about. And uh, they all enjoyed it. They yeah. thought it was great. I did judges one time. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome, man. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, uh, they're a blessing. In that that. Is, they, they long suffer with me. So I'm good grateful deal. for that. Yes, sir. So let's talk about the book, man. Um, big shout man, out I to my man. Right here. Yeah. Oh, look at you showing oh, look off. At that. Look at that. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm all important. Now. You are, man. You <laughs> are. So I have to shout out my man. Uh, one of my, my really close friends. Uh, his name is uh, Maceo. And uh, we call him Mace. Wow. And uh, Mace, uh, we always tease him about uh, King James only. You know, we do a couple's Bible study on on Fridays. And uh, when we're whatever we're studying, he always break out his old King James. And so oh, man. <laughs> is he a King James only guy or is he just like the translation? He just like it. And then we kind of tease him about it. You know, he's not an only guy, but it, it's it's always fun. And uh, and when I told him I was going to have you on the show and he was like, well, I ain't going to listen, you know, jokingly. So big shout out to Mace. I know you're listening. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, Mason's the, I, okay, so even as a as a caveat at the very beginning here, mm-hmm. I have to say that even though my book is kind of um, tackling the whole King James only apologetic, I guess if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. I am someone who loves the King James. Yeah. And the reason being, in fact, I think it's probably the greatest literary work in English mm-hmm. um, that we can hold in our hands. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of the King James, particularly in the New Testament, is the work of William Tyndale, who I see as one of the greatest reformers. We all think of Luther and Calvin. Right. But Tyndale's work, where he was translating the, learning the languages and then translating them into English um, to bring it about to the common man so they can have the word of God in their hands. He's the guy that gave his words like atonement and uh, mercy seat and Passover Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all of these theological terminology that we're used to. He created that from the language. And he uh, when they did a revision of all of the various English translations and King James wanted to create a new sort of. Uh, translation that both Puritans and high Anglican churchmen and all these people could kind of agree upon. I mean, they're using work that, you know, Tyndale had already established. Gotcha. And he, had put, uh, he had put into print. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I love the King James. I just don't think it's the only God breathed. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no. People so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's, and I, I agree with you. I, I definitely have a love for it, you know, uh, for it as well. You know, learned a lot of Bible, you know, in that version, like in my head, that's the way I hear. Oh, yeah, I did too. You know, that's the way I hear Bible verses, you know, and, and it, you know, we when we teased in Mace, we were like, you know, uh, 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 the trespasses don't, <laughs> not trespass, yeah. trespass against us. We always tease them about that, man. But uh, so let's get into the book, man. First, let's talk, let's talk about what inspired you to, to, pick up pen and start writing the book. And okay. then we're going to talk about uh, kind of an overview of your, your angle and approach. Okay. So what I did years ago, back around, and I say years ago, I guess it's been <laughs> years ago, 15 years ago when blogging became mm-hmm. popular. Yep. 
And my boss, Phil Johnson, had started a blog. And he and I kind of started our blogs on the same week. Mm. He started doing pyromaniacs. Most people remember his blog. They don't remember <laughs> mine. And I started mine. It was called Hip and Thigh. And my blog was uh, tape, taken after the King James mm-hmm. in Judges 15.8, where it says that Samson smoked the Philistines hip and thigh. Mm. Well, that's a King James. Mm-hmm. That's a King James embrace. Right. Um, so I... I started writing on it in that in that capacity. So probably a year after I started that blog, I started writing on King James onlyism because I had just emerged from that belief system. Mm-hmm. So for ten years, I was this belligerent, obnoxious guy who <laughs> would go to churches and you know go to the Sunday school class, and I was like rebuking everybody for not reading the King James. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was reading all this literature, all this stuff, and. Um, all of the various uh, personalities who were King James only, um, Gail Ripplinger, mm-hmm. <laughs> regrettably, and um, Peter Ruckman, and uh, just uh, David Cloud. I'm trying to think of all these big DA weight. I mean, some of you guys may know these people, yep. may not. They're all legalistic, independent, fundamental Baptist types. Yep. And so I was a, I was, I just was absorbed in their material. And um, I was becoming this uh, something of this expert King James onlyist, you know, <laughs> on the behind the scenes and everything. But God, in His grace, brought me to California. I started going to Master Seminary because I wanted to learn how to preach, and I right. appreciated that about John MacArthur. And I was willing to lay aside <laughs> the fact that he was not a King James onlyist like I was, mm-hmm. and because uh, I just wanted to learn how to do it. Then I was going to go out in the world and with my King James Bible and learn what I learned at TMS <laughs> and just be preaching from the King James for the rest of my life. That's kind of my goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, But in God's grace, he brought a lot of different people in my life that challenged me. And um, I think the one person, believe it or not, who really made me kind of stop and ponder what it was that I was embracing was Gail Ripplinger. And I mentioned this in the first chapter because she brought out, she printed this book that was just terrible. It was this, it was this uh, <laughs> called New Age Bible Versions. You might remember that. I got a copy uh-huh. of it. I think got it on my shelf. And where she was claiming that the, you know all the new versions were sort of this New Age yep. um, deception to bring in the Antichrist. Okay, mm-hmm. and she was so bizarre and conspiratorial in her pursuits and her argumentation. I was just like okay, if this is how King James people kind of argue, um, why am I, I, you know, I just started questioning that. Sure. Because she was, she was taking sources and misciting them and mm. pouring in wrong meaning about what a person said. And then I think the second thing that really got me was I was becoming more and more reformed mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense that I was becoming more and more Calvinist. Right. So as I was getting in the word of God and I was learning the great, wonderful truths of God's sovereignty and his work of God, the work of God and salvation. And I was learning historical theology and learning how to handle the Bible correctly. I started to notice that King James only as the people that I was learning from were not really friendly to Calvinists. Mm-hmm. In fact, they saw them as just a big a problem as new new version, you know, um, <laughs> a modern version. Right. So if, you, so if you're a Calvinist, you read a modern version. Ooh. <laughs> and you, you brought in all these damnable heresies right. to the church because you're a Calvinist. Right. So um, I basically 
you know, that was just those two events in my mm-hmm. life as I was growing, maturing. I started to think, okay, this is not where God has taken me. And I just, it's just through a process of time, sure. the Lord weaned me away from that. And so by the time 2006, you know, somewhere around in the mid 2000s rolled around and I was blogging, I was already kind of away from that. And I'm like, I'm going to start engaging some of their arguments because mm-hmm. I was still seeing them on the internet. You oh, know, yeah. they were people in discussion groups and chat channels and all that, that I would be a part of, um, that I, I just, I would start to sort of interact with them in these email channels, you know, where we'd email each other, these email groups. And, um, and I started thinking, okay, there's people out there who are hearing this and they have no response to it. And this stuff is, you know, now I realize how easily it was to answer. So I thought I would put together articles that kind of dealt with the main talking points. Right. King James only us. Um, and I probably took me a couple of years, you know, it took me a while to write through those, that series. And then I would revisit every once in a while. I would publish an article. Um, somebody sent me some books one time and I did a book review, kind of a series of articles kind of interacting with this one King James only this guy's book. And, uh, well, a couple of years ago, um, I had my boss come to me, um, my immediate manager. And he said, Hey, do you know of anybody who's written on King James onlyism?" And I said, well, I have, but all of my <laughs> stuff is, you know, on the internet. And he said, well, I've got this lady that's contacted the ministry and she's got this book that's really troubling her. And it's this King James only book. And I'm just wondering, she has questions about it and was wondering if there's anything I could send her. So I think I might've printed out some of my articles or mm-hmm. something for him to mail to her or whatever. And I just started to think, you know, I could possibly put together a manuscript that could mm-hmm. be emailed to her or something, you know, me, you know, people still have these questions. Right. And then as I was sort of contemplating that and, and, and thinking about writing a manuscript with all of my previous material, um, Gabe Hughes, if you know, yes, um, of course. When we understand the, te- understand the text guy, he was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, why don't you put it on Amazon? Because they've got this free, you know, publishing thing that you could just, all you got to do is submit a manuscript and turn it into a book. And I'm like, really? You know? (laughs) And uh, sure enough, uh, I just, in God's grace, I wrote this thing out on Saturday mornings. I'd get up early in the morning and kind of for everybody else and kind of edit through my articles and put them together kind of in a working format. Mm -hmm. I had a friend that uh, helped me put together the actual book the inside, what it would look like, make sure all the chapters started on the right page and all that. And then my other friend, um, Josh, created the cover, um, and we put it on Amazon, and now here it is. I, wow. And I'm hoping that it'll be this, you know, my book is not, uh, there's other people, obviously, that have written on this topic, like James White's got right. some good material, and um, I think Dave Carson has a book. I don't have his book, but there's other people who have written on this topic. But I, my goal is just so people can have this, have something simple. It's a, it's only 170 pages. It's not really super deep. Mm-hmm. Just kind of as an introduction that, you know, this belief system I think is more pernicious and troubling than what a lot of people think about it. We mm-hmm. kind of see it as some sort of quirky idea like flat earthism or something. Right. But really when I say that there's conspiracies against God's word, the way that King James only is argue 
in trying to defend the King James really does damage to the sufficiency and the um, reality of what God's word is. I think Mm -hmm. they do more harm to defending scripture than what they think. So my goal is to just sort of, hey, have the resource I can put in some layman's hand that Mm -hmm. he can read through this and get some ideas of how this is not the way I should be thinking about this and uh, start directing him in the right way to have an orthodox view of scripture. That's sort of my goal. That's that's amazing. And uh, you saw me nodding and uh-huh really hard because uh, if you probably don't know, when I came out of the charismatic, I was so against like the gifts and signs. I went fundamental. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baptist, I went <laughs> I went King James only um, uh, before uh, a Presbyterian pastor walked me through the Westminster Confession mm-hmm. and exposed me to, you know, Reformed theology or Calvinism. Oh, bless that guy. I'm telling you, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, when those names, you know, my buddy Lee in the chat, you know, he, he knows a bunch of authors, but I, I recognize some of those names. I, I was actually drawn to it because of the, the, uh, conspiracy theory. Cause I kind of, yeah. d- you know, dug into the conspiracy theory side as well back then so uh that all of that just resonated with me man and uh and i appreciate you sharing that and i definitely got to get a copy man to 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 check out for sure because uh i'm excited for you and i'm excited uh just about you releasing material like that because it's definitely needed man so right here we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back thankful homemaker when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is a blog and podcast created to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. Thankful Homemaker provides truth-filled, gospel-driven encouragement to homemakers who amid their ordinary days desire to honor and glorify God in all things. Come visit thankfulhomemaker.com for the latest articles and podcasts. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on your favorite podcast catcher. So ladies, pop in your headphones as you're doing dishes, cooking dinner, or folding laundry, and sit with me, host Marcy Farrell, as we chat together on how God's Word impacts everything we do as Christian women. All right, we're back in here with my good friend Fred. And uh, man, uh, really excited to have you on the show, brother. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule and keeping me up late at night because you're on the West Coast times. (laughs) (laughs) I know, we're about to start dinner here. I know, y'all about to start dinner. I'm about to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting ready to go to bed. It's like midnight or something. <laughs> That's right. You said that. You was like, yeah, when it's six here, it's like what, midnight there? I was like, not quite. <laughs> wow. No, man, but definitely appreciate you, man. Had had a really good time. Um, on this side of the show, this is what we call the bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests. Oh, yeah. Uh these are three questions. I was kind of waiting for these. Yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets the three questions, man. So first bar signature question is. 
What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, man. Okay, so a couple of years ago, we bought a brand new SUV because our kids are getting too big for the minivan, <laughs> you know? Yep. And, uh, and then when we did, used, of course, and uh, the, uh, it had a Sirius XM in it. So they give you that complimentary month mm-hmm. of free yep. listening, you know? So I'm listening it and found the 80s on 8. Mm. So when I was a kid, that's what I listened to was 80s music. And I, and I was like, and I was so, you know, something we're going to spend the $14 a month because I want to keep serious. <laughs> <laughs> I just have the music part just so I can listen to my 80s music. But um, I was like, you know something? They had some good bands. Oh, like, yeah. Ni- like 1983 was probably the signature year for all of I mean, that's when Prince's album, mm-hmm. his album, 1999, was released in 1982, but it peaked in 83. Yep. Def Leppard. I mean, all of these major bands. Yep. So that's kind of what I listen to. My, all of my kids, that's all they prefer to listen to now. So nice. when we try to listen to the uh, modern alternative channel, they're like, hey, can we turn it to the 80s? Or there you go. <laughs> You're raising them right, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they like Journey and yeah. the Thompson Twins and The Cure. and Nice. <laughs> That is amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Good deal, man. All right. So next signature bar question is what books or books are you reading right now? Oh, okay. So I am currently reading uh, Scott Christensen's new book that he's released. I've been on him for years about getting this written and in print called um, The Question of Evil. I think that's right. Or What is Evil or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't. I got it over here. It's a big fat book that just got released a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Um, very good on the topic of just how we understand God's decrees and his goodness, mm-hmm. but in light of sin and wickedness in the world. Um, the other, uh, I always read weird books. So the other one that I'm reading, I mean, stuff that's kind of outside the norm. Most people don't. I've gotten a hold of uh, Justo Gonzalez's uh, historical theology books. They're from 1969, and um, they were originally in three volumes. I just finished the second volume about sort of the medieval theology. Going to be cool. starting the last one here probably at the turn of the year. Uh, and uh, I, I just different stuff like on um, – I've got a friend that's trying to put together a book on um, – the purposes of God, uh, just sort of looking at covenant. Uh, he calls it biblical covenantalism, reading through his manuscript. And then I'm reading James Lindsay's book on um, radical, uh, just all of the various uh, theories about uh, critical race theory and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. I, his, he co-authored it with another author. His name escapes me at the moment, but um uh, I'm reading that. So that's cool. So, and I've got other stuff. You usually read about six or seven books at once. And those sure. are the ones that come off the top of my head. Sure, sure, sure. I get it. All right. So last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if Ooh. any? Um, You know, I have had, I have actually had a change in the way that I have sort of devoured my podcasts. Mm-hmm. I used I, I typically listen to like, you know, Daryl and Virgil. For sure. Um, I used to listen to I still kind of listen to him off and on James White stuff. Um, my friend Gabe Hughes, I listened to his Friday Q and A's in particular mm-hmm. with his wife. I really like those. Yep. Um, sermons um 
one guy that probably a lot of your friends, I don't know if you know him or not, is Don Green. He was yes. in, uh, he's a pastor of Truth Community Church. Literally just interviewed him earlier this week. Oh, man, he's a sweetheart, isn't he? I yeah, tell you what. Love Don. And he, uh, he is a uh, pastor in um, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio area. Is that right? Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. No, uh, and uh, Cleveland is Cleveland up on, the, on is, Lake Erie. I'm, yeah. He's down towards where the uh, creation yeah, is. Yeah, he's Cincinnati, is. yep. And um, I've been listening. I listen to his sermons because I, I subscribe to his podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to a lot of uh, goofy secular stuff like Super Mexican <laughs> and uh, <laughs> occasionally Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Miller, who's kind of a he's a media wonk. He just talks about media and its influence on culture and that sort of stuff. Uh, I follow, he's a good follow on Twitter. If anybody Twitters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so those are my guys. Cool, man. But I started to listen to watch um, YouTube videos more because I'm sitting yeah. at my desk more than I used to. So sure. I turn on YouTube and watch a stuff like that. That's how I usually devour my podcast now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you, you want to be on multi, multiple medias because, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now the bar is also on YouTube. So those that aren't subscribed. Oh, to, yeah, are you? Yes, sir. Uh, it's I'll a it's an audio graph where it's just a picture and the audio. But you, like you said, you were sitting at your desk. You can have it playing in, on, on another tab while you're working on another tab. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It All could right. be. Yes, sir, man. Good deal. So, listen, um, again, thank you for coming on the show. I always like to end. We'll give you the floor to uh, first let everybody know, again, where to find the book, uh, how to follow you and get up with you if they need to, and uh, any words of encouragement that you want to leave with the listeners. Okay. So, if you're interested in my book, Royal Deceptions, Exposing the King James Only Conspiracies Against God's Word, you can find it on Amazon. It is in both a paperback edition, which is very well done by my friend. So I would even recommend that. But it's also in Kindle for those of you who are Kindle folks. Um, and uh, you can pro- you can follow me on Twitter is probably my main thing, though it's getting more and more where it's hard to use Twitter. But uh, my mm-hmm. handle is at Fred underscore Butler. And you'll see my little uh, King Moonraiser uh, avatar <laughs> right now. It's because it's holiday, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go back to the Star Wars themed uh, avatar after the new year. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm on Facebook, but I don't do that as much anymore just because I've sort of lost interest in it. Sure. And I, I only do it for my family, really, my, so my mother can see pictures of the kids. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's and, about right. And I can follow, follow Bulldog Dog Liquidators or whatever. That's about <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on here. This was a blessing. Yes. Good and, deal, man. Um, I am grateful to do this. That was awesome. 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 Well, listen, brother, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, can't wait to see you guys willing at the uh, ShepCon. Yeah, so we, we, can, we had that's a fun time, man. Yeah, you can man. Get ready to eat too. Hey, I, mean, I, I, I can eat. Ask, <laughs> ask anybody. I can eat, brother. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. So, to the bar listeners, appreciate you guys tuning in to the bar podcast, your favorite podcast. Salute to the folks on the inside the bar that got the, that had the opportunity to watch this live. And uh, make sure you guys go to thebarpodcast.com, check out all the shows, and go to the tab, the Bar Podcast Network, to check out all the shows. 
shows on the network and make sure you go to the bargear.com pick you up some bar gear and until next time you guys god bless and we are out When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.